This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 11, which is a bridge chapter. It is it is a chapter where God speaks to Moses and God tells Moses the things he needs to do in preparation for the final plague, which is the the angel of death moving through Egypt at midnight and taking the firstborn of all the Egyptians. Now, understanding this is important because uh, Moses has already been in front of Pharaoh and uh, he was in front of Pharaoh about about the darkness that happened for three days. And Pharaoh told him that he was not going to see him anymore. And the next time he saw his face, he would kill him. And uh, Moses spoke to Pharaoh and said, you've spoken well, and he's left. And Pharaoh has pronounced the final judgment on himself because he 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 threatened death of God's prophet Moses. And he threatened that which he did not have power over. And God is going to take that and he is going to he is going to show Pharaoh that he is the author of life and death and he is the one who has power over that. That being said, I don't wanna I don't wanna discount and I don't want to miss on the opportunity to discuss just for a second this whole idea of Pharaoh telling Moses to leave his presence. Because basically, Moses is God's mouthpiece to Pharaoh. Pharaoh uh, has no understanding of God. He has no relationship with God. And so he has no possibility to hear from God. And without Moses, he does not know what's going to happen next. And God is definitely dealing with him. You need to hear that. God is definitely dealing with him. And I say this over and over again. In the Old Testament, we have a picture of God speaking to people. He uses a prophet or a priest or a king, and they speak to people. And those people have an opportunity to hear a message from God. And in that hearing of that message from God, they have the ability. They have the ability to know, and they have the ability to hear they have the ability to believe, and then they have the ability to act in faith. That is the New Testament prophet of the whole process of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We hear from the Holy Spirit. We hear based off of God's word. We hear based off of the full revelation of God through Jesus Christ. And then we act upon it. We step out in faith and we do what God has told us to do. Oftentimes, we as believers, if we want to draw a parallel from this situation, oftentimes we as believers or we as people who are hearing from God, we cut ourselves off from God. We cause ourselves not to be able to hear from God. And we do that in a couple of ways. One of the ways we do it is we just quit going to church. We stop being in the presence of God. We stop ourselves from having access to the throne room of heaven. We cut ourselves off. And when we do that, 
we limit what God's going to do or going to say to us because we've withdrawn ourselves into our own cocoon. And remember, the devil's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when you are separated from the herd, just a pack of lions will do. A group of lions will attack and they will separate out one animal. It can be a small young one, it can be a, a older female, or it can be a strong, powerful male. Even a 2,000-pound male water buffalo can be taken down by pride of lions. They get, that can happen because they are alone or they're by themselves. But you bring one more big, giant male buffalo in, and it doesn't matter really how many lions there are. They can't take them down because they can protect each other. The devil seeks to separate you out and cause you not to be in the presence of where where God is and not be able to hear from God. And when that happens, when that goes on in a person's life, then they have no opportunity to hear, and this is important, to believe and then to act in faith. They don't have that opportunity. And maybe God will speak to them in a situation for somebody at work or something like that. But what they've done is they've intentionally placed themselves in a place where it is less likely to hear from God. It is less likely that God is going to speak to them. Somebody is going to have to go out in the world. Somebody, another believer is going to have to be actively active in reaching out to them and causing them to hear from God, hear a message from God because they've removed themselves from it. Now, this also happens a lot. You need to hear this This also. A lot of times when people will put themselves in, an, in a church environment where God's really not moving, and that's because they don't really want to hear from God, but they want to have the trappings of religion. Now, that's an environment where they know that certain group of believers or that church doesn't really teach the Word of God. They've rejected the Word of God. They've said, we're going we're gonna to decide, and we're going to be the arbiters of what is truth and what's not truth. And we're going we're gonna to say where the Bible is maybe not quite right, maybe a little off, maybe that's old-fashioned, maybe it doesn't have any relevance for today. What they're doing is they're saying an eternal God who's all-knowing, all-powerful, who's existed from the foundation of time and will exist forevermore, at some point in time becomes passe or becomes old-fashioned or becomes, he just gets stale. That, a logical fallacy, complete logical fallacy, but... That is the thought of many denominations that have gone down that road or many church churches that have gone down that road. And ultimately, it's led to their failure. It's led to them. It's led to their collapse. And it will always do that because when you reject the eternal truth of the eternal creator, you're never going to have you're never going to have divine revelation happening to the individual believer or to the church body. Just not going to happen. Never going to happen. Not going to happen. And even, but even in some of those denominations that have done that, you'll find churches who are still holding to the truth, pastors who are still teaching the truth of God's word. You'll find groups of believers, even in, in those group, in those denominations that are doing that. And I'm not, I'm telling you, don't choose by the name, choose by the word, choose by the spirit. When you feel the spirit of God in the room, when you hear the word of God being pronounced, that means that, how do I know that it's the word of God? Because the sermon is based on the word, meaning meaning that the majority of the sermon is spent dealing with what God has said, not dealing with what somebody said, not dealing with a poem or a story, although they can be all that focuses on the word. If you, left, if you leave the sermon and you say, wow, this right here, 
was what was the what was the sermon based on? It was based on the story of Jesus doing this, or, or the passage where Paul tells the Corinthians to do that. Or if you leave and you know that that the subject matter of the sermon was this passage of scripture, this word from God, just like in the Old Testament prophets, this word from God. When you leave there knowing that's what's going on, then you and you felt the spirit of God moving in that place, then you can be assured that God's speaking there. He's moving. He's using his word to to teach and to grow and to uh, open the eyes of the people and allow them to hear his voice and to act upon that. And it's important that you put yourself in a position to hear from God. Pharaoh basically said, I do not want to hear from God. And he's intentionally just totally cut God off. But it's also important that you don't play a game with God and say, I'm going to church, God. I'm doing what you said do, but you're going and you're actively choosing places to be where you know that God is not going to be spoken about. God's word is not going to be elevated. God's spirit is not going to be sought after. And so what you're doing is you're just showing up for a religious ceremony. And if that's what you're doing, you're also not trying to hear from God. Remember, Pharaoh had his magicians. He had his soothsayers. He had the people who were going to tell him what he wanted to hear. And they had a religious tenet to themselves. They had the air of spirituality and they were just telling them, this is what, this is what God says, or this is what the spirits are telling us. And so Pharaoh could easily say, I'm being spiritual. I'm seeking out the spiritual things. I'm trying to figure out I'm worshiping God or my gods. And he could say, I don't need to hear from the God of the universe. I don't need to hear from the God who can cause plagues of locusts and frogs and flies to come upon us. I don't have to hear from the God who rained down fire hail or caused there to be three days of total darkness in the land. I don't have to hear from him. I'm, I'm, I've got my own form of spirituality. And that's what Pharaoh has done. And he's put himself in a position where there is no way he can hear from God. And that ultimately is going to lead to death. Verse chapter 11, it says, and the Lord said to Moses, notice, he said, he's not going to tell Moses to go tell Pharaoh anything else. He says, I'll bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and on Egypt. He doesn't say, go tell Pharaoh that I am going to bring a plague on, on, on Pharaoh and Egypt. He says, I'm going to do it. Pharaoh doesn't know what's going to happen. Why? Because Pharaoh's cut himself off from God. He says, After, afterward, he, meaning Pharaoh, will let you go from here. Notice, Moses is never going to go back and talk to Pharaoh again, but Pharaoh's going to let him go without talking to Moses. And the reason he's going to let him go is because the power of the next plague, the next calamity, the next disaster on Egypt is going to be so pronounced, so powerful, so overwhelming that Pharaoh is just going to pronounce that the children of Israel and everybody that is associated with them can leave. And understanding that that Pharaoh now has put himself in a position where he doesn't have a choice of life or death. He doesn't have a choice to choose God's will and word or choose his own. He is, he is totally cut himself off and he is only going to hear himself. He says afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, notice we've already moved past Pharaoh. This whole conversation has moved past Pharaoh. Pharaoh's going to let you go. This is what you do when that happens. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether, meaning he's going to tell every one of you to leave. Speak now in the hearing of my people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. Now, they're about to pillage the Egyptians. 
you see here that he says, when they drive you out, this is what you need to do. Notice God's gone from telling Pharaoh what's going to happen to preparing his people for what's going to happen. God is always doing that, by the way. God is always doing that. He is always preparing his people to, to, to benefit from his divine will taking place in the world. He's always doing that. And you go, I, I didn't know he always did. I don't know how that happened. You got to be in a place where you're hearing from God. Got to be in a place where you're hearing from God, where there's an expectation of God moving. So many times believers hear from God and it makes them scared. It does. I've heard God. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know I shouldn't be involved in that. And and I am just, I don't, I'm afraid of the consequences. I'm afraid of what's going to happen down the road because, because I know that I've been involved and I just, I, I don't know what to do. I always tell them, if God was going to bring a disaster upon you that was just going to totally take you out, he'd just take you out. He wouldn't make you afraid and then just do it and do it. God, God's not that way. He's about to bring a disaster on Pharaoh in Egypt because Pharaoh won't listen to him. He's about to bring total destruction upon them because Pharaoh refuses to hear him. But one of the good things about it is if Pharaoh had ever heard, chose to hear him, he wouldn't have gone through all this. If God's speaking to you, you need to know God's moving in the situation. And if he's speaking to you, he's moving on the situation on your behalf. So you can expect, <clears throat> you can come to the table and say, I expect that because God has spoken to my heart, because God is bringing me to a place of repentance, because God is bringing me to a place of change, of redemption, because he's asking me to deal with this, you can say in your own heart, you can say in your own heart, wow, God has a plan for me. And if God's got a plan for me, I know it's the plan that prospers me and not harms me. Notice, God, for we know that God has plans for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope in the future. If God is revealing to you his plan for your life, even if it involves repentance, even if it involves dealing with your sin, even if it involves with possible disaster, if I don't do his will, if I don't walk according to his way, it, no matter what, how it's spelled out in your life, no matter how that is being played out on a daily basis, if he is revealing his plan for you, then you can know this. It's a plan for prosperity in the situation, meaning overcoming, meaning becoming an understanding and seeing things from his perspective, meaning a change in your life, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God's not taking your sin and beating you to death with it. He's taking your sin. He's redeeming it. He's changing you and he's glorifying himself with it. Okay. He is using the calamities, the disasters, the destruction, the problems, the issues of your life to glorify himself by proving that he has the power to overcome it, that he has the power to bring about change, that he's part there is power to bring about hope for you today. And so if God's speaking, you hear his voice, don't run from it. If you hear his voice, don't place yourself in a position not to hear it anymore. If you hear his voice, don't waste time. Don't waste life. Don't waste energy worried about the outcome of God's plan for you. Walk in it, receive it, confess it, believe it, 
And when I say confess it, confess your sins, confess his grace, confess his plan, confess it. And not to everybody, Bible, if it's sin, confess it one to another. Remember, a lot of times we think we got to get up in front of everybody and confess everything to everybody. And no, we're not doing that. That's not, the Bible says confess your sin one to another, not get up and just do public confession. Now, if it's a public sin and and it's a major problem in the whole church, then yeah, you got to do that. That That's why you see sometimes pastors do that and people do that because it's just out there in the public and they've rebelled against God and they've rejected him and they've done it. They need to, that, that, that is a personal thing that needs to take place in some people's life. Generally speaking, I tell everybody everything, okay? What you've got to do is you've got to confess it one to another that we can pray for you and we can cause healing to take place in your life. That being said, don't expect it to bring about calamity. God's plan is not for calamity for you. God's plan is not for pestilence for you. God's plan is not for you to have to go through, you have to go through the, the disasters of Egypt. He wants you to hear his voice, turn to him, so he can get the business of changing you and making you whole. And the only way that can happen, I'm going to say it again, is for you to put yourself in a place where you can hear from God. You got to put yourself under the teachings of, of someone who's teaching the word of God. You got to put yourself in a church that's seeking the word of God. You got to put yourself in a place where the spirit of God is moving. And that happens a lot of places. Listen, it's not like God's got one, two special places where it goes on a lot of places. But you got to find your place where God's being being honored, where the word's being taught, and where the spirit's being sought. And if you do that, you're going to have God's best all the time. You're going to see him at work in your life. And I expect that for you. I'm begging and pleading with God for you that you'll have that opportunity whether it's today or tomorrow when you hear this, or maybe even years from now when you listen to this. If you hear his voice, turn to him, and he will, he will definitely turn and meet with you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.